So open your Bible to John 15, 7. And I want to start off with the scripture and then we're, I'm going to read it and then we're going to pray. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Let's pray. Father, as we open up the word tonight, I'm going to ask you to give me utterance in the Holy Spirit. I want to make this plain so that we can get our prayers answered. It's, it's not enough to have a Bible in our lap that gives us promises if it isn't working. And we need to learn how to make it work and how to get prayers answered. And we give you thanks for that in Jesus' name, amen. I was reading something today by Kenneth Hagin, and he made a statement he said, now you understand apart from other people, you can't use your faith for other people. Y'all know that. He said, but I have, he said, in, 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 uh, at the time of him writing this book on prayer, he said, I have never failed to get every prayer I've ever prayed answered. That's quite a statement, isn't it? If you know how. So this is a scripture that's kind of stumped me for years and a lot of my sermons come from y'all. You don't know this, but they do. Because I watch you, and I watch what you're struggling with, and I pray, and I ask the Lord to help me to help you. Because prayer is important. You need to get your prayers answered. If, we have, if, we have, if you're a Christian, don't get your prayers answered. We're just really wasting our time. If anything, we ought to get our prayers answered. The Muslims, they don't ever get their prayers answered, but it doesn't discourage them. They still pray all the time, even though nothing ever happens. I'm not a Muslim, amen? I want my prayers to be answered. So I want to read this again. Look at this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, years ago, I began to read this, and I realized that I needed to have the Word of God abiding on the inside of me in order to get my prayers answered. And I began to, to work diligently to make sure that that happened. And, and I wasn't as successful with it as I thought I'd be. Because it seems like I would get an, uh, on one area, do okay, and then another area, I would get slack. So how, many do you, how do you meditate on all the scriptures you need to get your prayers answered? I don't know how you do that. So anyway, I, I, begin to, I begin to study this, and I begin to realize that he's talking about the Word of God living on the inside of you and I. How do you get that to happen? Well, I'm going to show you. Look at Romans 12, 2, and I'm going to show you how to get the Word to live inside of you. Prayer should not be that difficult. Getting answers to prayer should not be that difficult. Faith should not be that difficult. All right, because Jesus made some statements about faith. He made some statements, you know, says doubt not. I mean, he got on to people because they, they doubted. So what is doubt? What is it? So unbelief. What is unbelief? What is unbelief? Unbelief is not knowing truth. That means that if you don't know Jesus died for you, you have unbelief, you don't know. But what's doubt? The word doubt is a Greek word that means to be unpersuaded to act. That's what it means. That means you know what to do, but you won't do it. That is what doubt is. Why Jesus says, why did you, told Peter, why did you doubt? 
So, so I want to read something to you, and I want you to think real deep about what I'm fixing to say, because I'm fixing to get real deep with this. 12.2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Your, your mind must be renewed with the word of God, must, in order for the Bible to work. But your mind is not renewed because you read the Bible. Did you know that? You can read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. Listen to tapes and go to church for 20 years. Listen to Kenneth Copeland every day. Listen to Joyce Myers every day. Listen to Creflo Dollar every day and still not have your mind renewed with the word. Now, that's the thing that really threw me when I started learning what mind renewal is. So what is it? How do you renew your mind? You renew your mind only by acting on the word. Everything in the Bible that you're not acting on, you don't believe it. The word believe is, is an English word that means by live. Believe, be what, by, be why, dash, L-I-V-E, by live. Or what do you live by? If you don't live by it, you don't believe it. If you're not acting on it, you don't believe it. That's unbelief. So, every, so, so let me prove something to you. Because I read articles by denominational preachers, and they have a little problem with charismatics because we believe in experiences and emotional. That's not really true. We don't. If I were to ask you, do you believe in speaking in tongues? Every one of you would say yes. If I ask you to explain it to me, most of you would get up here in the pulpit, open up Acts 2-4, and then tell me the day you got filled. Why is that? Because that is the day you believed it. The day you got filled and started. If you've never acted on it, you don't believe it. And therefore, you may know it's in the Bible. You can quote it, but your mind's not renewed to it. Have you ever wondered when you're in school why you go to first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, I'm, I'm, I'm being monotonous, sixth grade, seventh grade. You can't go from first to twelfth in a year. I don't care who you are. You do not grow spiritually because you read a scripture a few times. The Jews say that every scripture is seven layers deep. That means you'll read it and a year later you go, whoo, I never saw that. Because, because the Bible is a, there's, it's not that the Bible's progressive. It's just as you mature, there's things in the Bible that didn't make sense to you. And later you look back and go, that makes all the sense in the world right now. Because even as you've grown into adulthood, there are things that are more important to you now than they were when you were a teenager. Because you're an adult. So adults read the Bible different than baby Christians do. And we get different things out of it than baby Christians do. But, but every time the Lord shows us something, he's, he's showing us so we can do it. Now, 
He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, and I used to, now this is what I did for years. I meditated and I read that scripture, 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 read that scripture. When I got finished, I still had no more faith than I had when I started. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. But if I read it and I put it in my life, then I had faith in my heart for that. Does that make sense? So all of us in this room right now have areas we're strong in and areas we're not strong in because we've got areas that we either don't know or we're not doing it. Now, not everything in the Bible is fun to do. Thank you all for y'all's enthusiasm. I want to say that one more time. Not everything in here is fun. There, listen, uh, uh, we're as guilty as denominational Christians skipping chapters. I mean, I, we know denominations that skip 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. They just skip it. They don't know what it is. They just skip it. They go straight to the love, 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 love. They don't know nothing about nothing else. Well, we don't do a whole lot in the book of James. We just don't do much in the book of James. James is pretty, pretty rough character compared. That's new. You know, we like to love scriptures. and love scriptures. We don't like all this. You shut your mouth and. Be quiet and quit running your mouth. Quit talking about people. We don't. So there's just a lot of stuff we just get. You preach on it on Sunday morning, just gets quiet. So, so, so honestly, there are scriptures in here that are not in your promise book box. <laughs> like crucify your flesh. That's not, not in your pulling. Crucify your flesh. Ah, no, no. Give me another one. No, no, no. Now, let, let's read this again, and then we're going to move on. Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed or pressed into the image of the world, but be transformed or changed by renewing your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You can't prove it if you don't do it. At any time that you do it. Now, now I'm, going to tell, I'm going to tell you something, and we're going to move on. What is the number one question that unbelievers and carnal Christians ask about God. Do you know what it is? It's the number one question all unbelievers and carnal Christians ask. Why? That's right. That's right. Joyce Myers wrote a book called Why God Why? Every time you are watching the Weather Channel and there's a tornado and they interview someone, every one of them, why did God allow this? Every, every, I don't care, I don't, I don't care who you are, every Christian movie, and I'm going to say this with love, every stupid Christian movie. Is based on why and trying to explain why did God allow it or do it. Most of, so, and I'm going to fix that. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to give you one scripture and fix the word why forever. You ready? God is good. The devil is bad. That's it. John 10.10. 10. Let, me, let me just... Let me just let me just read it to you. The thief 
Is that Jesus? Does not come except steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So the devil's not God and the God's not devil. God don't have a little bit of devil and the devil don't have a little bit of good. There's no, they're, they're, they're on total opposite ends of the spectrum. And anything that's bad, tornadoes, death, lying, cheating, murder, killing, is, is the devil. It's, and so that fixes stupid. That fixes stupid. But you'd be surprised at how many people, now understand this, because the vast majority of Christians don't know their Bible at all. They're, they're not hearing it, and they don't do it, and therefore it isn't working for them, and they have, why? Now, I would love to tell you that I heard that on the Weather Channel, but I heard it in this church. <laughs> why? I want to know where you go to church. What do you mean, why? Because when something happens, that we're always wanting to know, why did God? Well, it might have been you. So, so here's another thing that you hear. You, you always hear this on Christian television. When they're trying to minister to people who've lost someone, let's just be nice. And I, and I agree. That's not the time to beat anybody up. They just lost a loved one. They just lost a child. They just lost their house. They lost, and you want to be compassionate. But the word's always popping up, why? Why? And it's our job, it's our job to make sure they understand why. There's a God. And he didn't do this. Well, then who did? Well, the devil. Who allowed it? You did. And that might not set well, but it's the truth. Until you get it, you're just going to go through life flopping around and bad stuff's going to keep happening to you. And you're going to pray prayers like, oh God, help me Jesus. And you're just going to keep praying prayers that don't work until you come to my church. All right. Now I'm being, I'm being, you know, really serious. Go to James chapter one. Did I do something wrong? <laughs> James chapter 1. That book you don't like to. Yeah, that's uh, James. James is a pastor. I wish you'd read it and you'd figure out why it makes me tick. I'm not a Bible school teacher. All right. One, two. My brethren, whenever you're having a bad day, go to church, jump, and run the aisles. That's not what it said. You can run the aisle and still not count it joy. Let's read it, though. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The word patience means to remain constant. The testing of your faith, and so what is he asking you to do? Now, listen to me. When trouble hits, you're either going to do one or two things. You're going to cry until the trouble ends and then, then count it joy. Because what you're really waiting on is for the trouble to end to get happy again. Yep. 
and you're wanting the tr- you want to pray so that trouble never happens anymore. But that is not what he said. So when do you get to practice count it joy in a trial? If you don't practice it in a trial, you'll never get your mind renewed to it. God didn't send the trial. But you've got to do the word when it tells you to do the word, or you'll never. So, so you're, we're, we're, we're telling you that you need to miss a wonderful opportunity to be a crybaby. And everybody in the church knows about your problem because everybody knows that you need to let everybody know you're in a trial because nobody feels sorry for you. But if you want your mind renewed, you're going to have to shut up and count it joy. And we will never know. I told y'all, y'all came tonight. I mean, I, I'm just preaching. You asked for it. All right, now listen. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith will produce a consistency in your life and you will not be a yo-yo anymore. But let patience have its perfect work so you'll be mature and lack nothing. If you lack wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to you liberally without reproach. It'll be given to you. Let that person ask in faith, no doubting. Don't be double-minded. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea. That man, don't let that man suppose he's getting anything from God. For a double-minded man with two references is unstable in all of his ways. So he's telling you that when it comes time for you to act on the word of God, you've got to go total word. That is faith. You go, oh, oh it's, 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 everything's bad. I know it. Well, he wanted me to count it all joy, but I can't. Yeah, you can. You see, after you've been in this church for 35 years, you really ought to have this down. But you don't even know that scripture's in there because you're not acting on it. Nothing's real to you. You're not doing. That's why you feel like God left you. He didn't. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? This, this is, this is, it actually is easier to obey God than disobey because obeying him is tough and disobeying him is hell. I mean, it really is a harder life when you don't do this. So, so we have worship services so you can come worship God and understand they're for a reason. You need to count it all joy because you are creating an atmosphere for God to work. What you don't act on, you don't believe it. You don't trust him. That's a strong statement. All right. Now let's go back to when I first got saved. You remember me telling the story about telling God that I needed money and he told me to give more and I said, you're crazy. I made $125 a week and I tied $8.50 and he told me to give more. Now you understand when you're broke, it's hard to give more, but the word said, now, now, now I'm not talking Creflo said, and I didn't say Kenneth said, I said the word said, given it shall be given. That's G. that's the head of the church, right? Well, he's either he's right or he's wrong. 
Well, it, it feels, it feels, and it looks like that's a stupid scripture. I'm already broke, and you want me to do what? Now, see, you can't, he's not changing the Bible because you're not, he, you can pray for a month, and after the end of praying and praying and praying and praying, and, and I'm going to get monotonous, and praying and praying and praying and praying, you're still not obeying, and it's still nothing, still, nothing's going to happen. Because you're not doing what he told you to do. Now, am I the only one in here that he ever said do something and I just kept praying about it? Because I've, listen, I've done it. I'm not here just preaching to you. I, I'm, how many of you know that the temptations are common to everybody? I, 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 I have scriptures in here that I go, oh, I don't like that one. I have them too, so don't. <laughs> this is where I learned this. Because I told you the last time, I didn't learn how to pray at school. I learned how to pray because I had to. I was laid upon me that if I didn't pray, I'm not making it. And so, you know, I just learned over time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Not because I'm deep, (laughs) but because I didn't have anywhere else to go and nobody else was going to help me. I had already run everybody I knew off with my whining. Never mind. To not obey is to say, God, you're not honest. That's strong, isn't it? You're not being honest with me. But yet faith is sight unseen. There's no evidence that you take $100 and you cut 10 out of it and you'll be richer. That, that's, that's stupid. But it's God. And, and you'll never get your mind renewed to it till you do it. I love to hear Kenny's testimony because he didn't start tithing. He began tipping. And he'll tell you he did. He came in and he went, ah. So he kind of gave God a little bit and he didn't go broke. And he gave him a little bit more and he didn't go broke. And he gave him a little bit more. But every time he kept increasing, his income went up and he thought, hey, this works. Isn't God good? He's merciful. You know, he's like, okay, Kenny, I'm going to give you about a couple of years to get this down after that, you know. But Kenny finally came. You couldn't beat Kent tithing out of kid. You, if I if I called him and said don't, he'd look at me and go, I don't think. And he'd send his tithe anyway, because his mind is renewed to that. Do y'all see that? Mine is too. Mine is so renewed to that you can't you can't beat tithing out of me, because I already know I can prove it by my life that it works. But I didn't know that until I did it. Are y'all getting this? So everything in the Bible that you don't, doesn't make sense to you, go back and figure out how to act on that scripture. Never mind. Okay, never mind. Matthew 7, 21. Go to, are y'all okay? No, go to James. Go back to James. I got to finish this. I got to finish this. Um, the, I, didn't, I didn't even have that one down a while ago. I did, but I've I got to jump over here. Verse 21. Therefore, lay apart all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. 121, and receive with the implanted word, which is able to save your what? Soul. soul. Now, you, you're a spirit, have a soul, live in a body. Now, now if, without me having, I, I've always wanted to do this, and I'm going to do it one day. I really am going to do this. I want to get me a, a plywood man, and I'm going to make him to where I can 
slide the, the soul out of him. So his flesh is here and his soul. And then slide his spirit man out so you can see three people. As long as the soul is hooked up with the flesh, you're carnal. But when you get the soul hooked up with the spirit, you're spiritual. That's what, that's what separates a spiritual Christian from a carnal Christian. And that happens when you receive the implanted word and act on it. Not until. That's not mine. It's, I don't even have enough hair to put that in. And you can have that. Okay. I do in Jesus' name. Okay. But be a doer of the word and not a hearer only deceiving who? Yourself. No one deceived you. You did it. Because you and I know. We go, I, I know. That's right there. I know. So when we're looking at Christians not doing what God said, listen, don't buy into they don't know. They know. Now, if they go to another church, you can say, well, you didn't know because you never heard that. But now after a while, it's their choice to stay there. They're choosing to be ignorant. What a, what a wonderful doctrine that God is just running everything. But he isn't. No, he's not. Or he wouldn't have given you all this to do. For if anyone hears the word and he's not a doer, he's like a man that observes his face in a mirror and he observes it and he goes away and he forgets what he, what he was. He who looks in the perfect law of liberty, that's the Bible, and continues in it, not continues in it to memorize it. It's not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, not the word, the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. So the only thing separating Christians who are getting their prayers answered from those not are those that are reading it to do it and those that are reading it to read it. You can sit in church and and go home and and, and just absolutely be ignorant as a rock and never grow in God. Absolutely never grow in God. Because you thought that Christianity was just you going to church. I'm a good person. That's good. You're a good person. You're also defeated. Because you've never made up your mind, I think I'm going to do that. All right. Say, I love you, Pastor Darrell. Matthew 7.21. Go to Matthew 7.21 now. Now, see, I'm using a lot of scriptures because I want you to realize I'm just not making this up. Right? I mean, if I was making it up, I I, I really have to be looking really hard to find any scripture to back up what I just said. But I'm not having a hard time finding scriptures to back any of this up. Am I right? So, so this whole thing about renewing your mind, you'd be surprised at how many people think their mind's renewed because they watch Kenneth Copeland on television. Yeah. Not your mind's renewed because yeah. you watch Kenneth. Mm-hmm. I just love Jesse. I just love Jesse. He's funny. I love Jesse. He's funny. Well, wait till they get in a trial and see how funny they think Jesse is. Now, I'm going to say something to you so you'll understand. I've had to read 1 Peter 5, 7 as much as 100 times just to get myself to act on it. Cast all your cares on the Lord. <laughs> okay, read it again, Daryl. <laughs> uh, one of us has got to be honest. 
your flesh has been in control so long that it doesn't want to give up the rulership of being the boss. And let your spirit man take over and walk in the spirit. Your flesh loves sight. It loves the five physical senses. And it's a war. It's a war in you to be a doer of the word of God. That's not easy to do. If it was, everybody would be doing it. All right. That's what it means when you say, I walk by faith and not by sight. That's all that means is I'm walking according to the word and it sure doesn't look like it's working to me. But it does work. And after it works, it's easy for you to keep acting on it because now your mind's renewed to it. And don't think your mind's totally renewed to it because next year you're going to find out something about that scripture you didn't know and you're going to act a greater way. Matthew 7, are y'all there? 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Folks, what's going on in the world today? It's not okay. Well, you just don't know what they did to me. He told you to forgive. Your bad attitude is not okay. Well, they done me wrong. That's not okay. How many people right now are running on emotions and not the word? And they think, well, God understands. No, he doesn't. It will bite you. Unforgiveness, you're not getting your prayers answered. When you're praying, if you have ought, and that ain't even unforgiveness, that's just ought. That means I just don't even like him. You, got, you better deal with that. Now, that's going to take another whole Wednesday night right there, just one thing. And everybody in America seems to be running around, I'm mad at them and I'm mad at them and I'm mad at them. You better get over being mad at everybody. Now, I don't know whether you understand this or not, but everybody in this room has had somebody do them wrong. You just don't understand what they did to me. Yes, I do. If I told you what Christians in this church have done to my family, it would curl your toenails and make you want to kill somebody and backslide. I'm, be, I'm serious. I'm talking Christians. You know what? I, ha- I, I got the same Bible you do. Go home, pray about it. Might take me a week to get it under the blood. It just keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Until I finally get it dealt with and forgive them and walk in love and pray for them. I've had to do nice things to my enemy just to overcome. And you understand, I, I understand that I have a target on my chest. Because I'm up here saying stuff. <laughs> so I've got people who hate me because of the word. And I've got people who hate me because I'm just ugly. I, I, I am aware that there is a certain amount of my personality in my sermons. I, I'm aware of that. And there's people who absolutely hate me. Because, because I am, well, I'm, let me say it another way. 
Every time I go to Lowe's or Home Depot, they ask me if I want a military discount. <laughs> you know why? Yes. You were in the military, weren't you? No. Oh, come on, you're lying. I go, no, I wasn't in the military. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were. I can tell you were. I wasn't in the military. Oh, you're lying. And I'm going, I'm a nice guy. And, and, and I'm a... I've had, we've had, people in this church have had prayer meetings to change my personality, and it hasn't worked. And I've, I've prayed about it. I, I've, I've come in. I will promise you, Jesus, I, I will act like Joel Osteen today. I promise you. And I mean a good two minutes in the sermon, and I have blown Joel Osteen out of the water, and I am just down, you know, and I just... Are y'all out there? I, see, I'm aware that I'm not like other people. I, I get it. I was in, I went to pick up Shekinah Glory one day at the, at the hotel. And I walked in and I said, I'm here to get Shekinah Glory. And they said, who are you? I said, I'm the pastor. And she said, no, you're not. <laughs> I, was, I said, yes, yes, I am. She goes, no, you're not. I said, where do you get that? She goes, I don't know what you are, but you're no pastor. <laughs> and she's the girl behind the desk. Who are you? I pulled my card out and read it to her. And she said, I don't care who you said you are and where you got that card, but you're not a pastor. <laughs> Y'all understand, I have trouble with my own psyche, you know, I mean, inferiority complex and everything else. And thought about joining the military just so somebody liked me, you know. That wouldn't work. They wouldn't like me there either. Are y'all getting this? I, 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 think, I think all of us in here have this thing. But there's just people that just don't like you. They don't like the word of God and they don't like you. You know, and that's just the part, that's part for the course. Amen. So, so let, let's finish this. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them. Are, are you really a Christian? I think so. I, I think there's people who are Christians and don't do the word of God, but the word's not working for them. And I think that when trouble comes, so let me ask you a question, and it's, a, it's, a, it's not a trick question. If I were to look at you and say, I'm going to give every one of y'all a spelling test tonight out of a fifth grade book, would that bother you? No. Wouldn't bother you at all. What if I said, okay, I'm going to give you a test tonight, uh, a driving test. Everybody's going to take a driving test. Would that bother anybody? Okay, I'm going to give you a flying test. You're going to fly airplanes. Would that bother you? So why does it bother you? Because you don't know. All right, now I'm just, I'm going to say something. The trials that are bothering you are because you've chosen not to know it. Trials, a person who's a doer of the word of God, the, the devil doesn't bother that person. Wow. That's, good. That's why you don't see them oh, oh, up and down like crazy all the time. <laughs> You're afraid of the test because you know you don't know. So that's okay if you've been saved a year, but what about 20 years? And you're still bothered by trials. That's good preaching, and I know that that didn't set well with you. 
You see, if you leave tonight and say, I'm going to start doing the word. You should have 20 years ago, but 30 years ago, 50, 10 years ago, whoever you are. But th that's just true across the board with people who say, I'm a Christian. And, and listen, if you say, I'm not going to do it, you understand, I don't live in your house when it falls. Y'all you, you, understand, I say this with love. Just When you fall apart and, and backslide and go to hell, I'm not losing sleep over it. I, I can't. I can't. You know how many people I tried to make them live right because I knew they were messing up? And they just, and, 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 and people thought I was just mad all the time, and I was. I'd see somebody and try to help them, and they'd go, mind your own business, you know, leave me alone. And, and, and sometimes when you say something, because you better listen, they don't, there's people don't want to hear that. Especially if they're relatives. You have no idea how quiet I've been at family gatherings lately. We have a family member who believes in Calvinism to, to the point that everything that happens is God. And Lisa and I were sitting in a Bible study, and I, and I was just... And I said nothing, and I went home, and I said, we need to pray. Because they're not, they don't want to hear it. Because if they find out that your relative knows more, they, there's nobody going to admit your relatives knows more than I do. That's true, right? Y'all have family members, don't you? And that's all I could do just to go. And, and I learned it from Keith Moore. He said, you know what? Next time they bring it up, just say, pass the mashed potatoes and be quiet. You don't want to destroy all of Christmas and Thanksgiving. Just, just you're looking at them going, oh, I don't believe you just said that. Pass the mashed potatoes. <laughs> and I go home and get on my face and Lisa and I go, we got some prayer, and I said, every time we leave and go see family, we come home, and we got prayer meetings for three or four days. We got to, we better pray, baby. <laughs> don't say it. Now, don't tell anybody I said that. No, I'm teasing you. I don't care what you say. Everyone who hears, verse 26, these sayings of mine and does them not will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was his fall. And so it was when Jesus ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And he's just got through teaching the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, now listen, if you don't do this, when the trials come, it's, it's going to take you out. Are you all out there? And, and it's true, it's true. I mean, it's not the pastor's fault. And let me tell you why. Even if I'm wrong, you got a Bible. Right? And, and then you got television. You got all kinds. See, there's no reason for us to lack knowledge. I got a bookstore out there with all kinds of stuff in it. You can know all this if you want to know it. All right, don't shout me down. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. How are we doing for time? Oh, super. Hebrews chapter 5. Let's go. Is this helping you? Now, I, I, all of this is on one scripture. Just if you abide in me and my words abide in you. And it really helps you to understand that once, once, once you've got that word in you, 
your prayers get answered. I mean, it's just not that big a deal. Hebrews 5.12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. He is not talking about five-fold ministry, uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, okay? If you think that you're five-fold and you're not making a living at it, you're not. Amen. If you're not good enough football player to make a living at it, you're really not very good. That may be hard for you to hear. If you think you're a race car driver and nobody's paying you, you're probably not a race car driver. You're just speeding down the road. That's funny. By this time, you ought to be teachers or teaching, and you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the Bible, the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. That means, that means on Sunday, you keep going over the same old, same old milk over and over and over and over and over because of one thing. Everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled. Why is it you have no skill? Because you're not doing it. Skill comes from doing it. And you don't learn how to do anything in a week. And I'm, remodeling, I'm, I'm adding, I'm doing the house, the new living room, new bedroom. I've built two houses. I still am going, Lisa, I forgot how to do that. And there's things that I'm going, ah, and I had to get on the internet and go read how to do it and what is the measurements and what. And I'm still making mistakes, but I don't tell Lisa. <laughs> I just go fix them. And it's, it's embarrassing because just because I did it, I don't do it all the time. And I'm not skilled at it. I know how to do it, but I'm not skilled. So I'm calling up somebody, some guys I'm going, you're doing that. I'm, we had the guy put the windows in. I ain't putting any more windows in. I did it once. They make it look easy. And, and the other day when it rained, water didn't come in. I'm thinking, they did a good job. You you know, it's worth paying somebody who knows what they're doing. And so you understand skill is a Christian who's doing it enough that they're good at it. Anyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. He's a baby. And, And I don't care if you've been saved for 45 years. Solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, who by reason of use, underline the word use, that means that maturity comes from doing the Bible. It's not, it doesn't come because you went to Ramah mm-hmm. or the river Amen. or Karis or you got CDs. It's, that's not where it's coming from. Now, you do need to learn the Bible, but that alone, I have read books on dieting. Y'all got it. I didn't need to say anything else. I've also got some really good books on weightlifting, too. Oh, happy day who have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. So you're not going to know anything without acting on it. Now, 
First Peter chapter five. How am I doing for time? Let's skip that one. Go to Acts 16. Go to Acts 16. I'm, I'm running out of time. I gotta, I'll come back to that another day. Let me read something to you. And I'll just quote that one. Acts 16, 25. Let's read it. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and we've done this before, and they prayed, 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 and they prayed. Do you think that Paul is a mature believer? Do you think that the beating was real? Do you think his mind is renewed to count it all joy? Yes, Yes, it is. How do we know that? Because he said right there, they prayed and started singing. You watch yourself in a trial, and you'll find out how fast you believe the Bible. Don't condemn yourself if you fail the test. Just go back and go, hmm, didn't do too good. And go back and get the word out, and that's where you need to start working. You go, I didn't do so good on that one. Don't, don't ever condemn yourself because you fail a test. Just pick the test up and go, hmm, I made an F. But it was a good F. It was a 60. But I got 40% of this that I have really got to get down on this. Do you understand? That's a test is a, a test in a, a teacher's should teach students that tests are good. Yes. Because the test locates you and tells you what you need to work on. That's all that a test is for. But that when you flunk a test in Christianity, don't, don't fall apart. Just go, I came home Wednesday night and pastor told me I counted all joy. And oh, it's just terrible because I'm, I'm, ba- I'm a mess. Well, now you know what to work on. Now you know to get 1 Peter 5, 7 out. And meditate on it until you're doing it. And, and James counted all joy. You're, you're flunking. <laughs> My teacher would often write, Daryl is capable of doing better. <laughs> but his mind wanders. No doubt. <laughs> you know, I, we have teachers in here, and I, I love teachers. I don't know how... Y'all do it. I, I, I really do not. In this society, I don't know how y'all met. You're my heroes. Go to one more and um, Acts 27. Let's see, if, let's see if Paul really knew this. Are you, do you think he knew this? Yeah. And we're, I'm going to show you that he did. 2719. On the third day, we threw the ship's tackle overboard with our own hands. They're in a storm. They're they're actually in a hurricane. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest beat us, all hope that we would be saved was gone. That's a bad day, right? And so we, we said, why? Oh, God, why? I've obeyed you all these years. And now I'm in the storm. And I don't know why you've allowed this to happen to me. And oh, God. That's a prayer meeting. But is that really a prayer meeting? That's not a prayer meeting. Not to someone who's schooled in the Word of God, Right? All right, now let's read what what did. Now, we're talking about a man who wrote. 
Hebrews. He wrote, you know, he didn't write, 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 write James, but I'm sure he knew James. And I'm sure that he, that he wrote Philippians, counted all joy. So let's assume he's not just preaching, but he's actually got his mind renewed to this, right? Is this, is this man's mind renewed to this? Yes. yes, it is. All right, let's read it. After long absence, what's he doing? Fasting. He's fasting and praying. From food, Paul stood in the mission and says, Men, uh, you should have listened to me and not in Selden Creed and turned as I told you it's going to happen. But now I want you to take heart. There's not going to be any life among you lost, only the ship. There stood by me tonight. I went down there and prayed and got a hold of God. And an angel came and stood there and says, Listen, I've answered your prayer. Don't be afraid. You're going to be saved. And I've asked, and I've given you all the mentorship. Don't be afraid, Paul. We're going to be brought before Caesar and deeds granted to you. Therefore, take heart. Uh, I believe it's God. And he's counted, he's, he's a happy camper. It's, he's in the middle of hell. Is he, is he doing what he's preaching? Yes, yes he is, yes. isn't he? Yes. yes, he is. I'm basically done. This is the church's number one problem. Yes, it is. Mental yes. assent yes. to the Bible. Yes, yes, yes. I believe that. No, you don't. Right. You don't act on it. Now, I'm going to read out of E.W. Kenyon. If you don't understand this, I have Kenyonitis. <laughs> now, he wrote a book called Two Kinds of Faith. I did not get my sermon out of his book. I don't get sermons out of books. I get sermons out on prayer life. But I went looking for this because he, he, he said something years ago that helped me, and I marked it in, my, in here. Listen to it. Since knowledge has given to the church mental assent that looks so much like faith, many people don't even know the difference. Mental assent is seeing it, admiring it, saying it's true, but not in my case. Mental assent agrees the Bible is a revelation. It came from God, and every word is true from black to black, from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. And when the crisis comes, it does not work. It recognizes truth of the wonderful book, but it will not act on it. Thus, we have people who are sick. And we're praying, and they're praying, and praying, and praying, and praying, and praying, and praying, and praying. It's not working. And then we, why God? And you'd think you've never read a Bible a day in your life. That's okay for a heathen, but it's not okay for you. Are y'all out there? You You want to read a little more? Mental assent says, it's beautiful. I know I should have it. For some reason, I just can't get it. I can't understand it. You don't have to understand it. Do you think that when I started speaking in tongues, I understood it? I'm going, what is that? I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know why not. I don't know why I don't know what I'm saying. I acted on the scripture, and I walked out and went, what was that? I learned about it afterwards. Are y'all seeing that? Everything I've ever learned, that's why learning the Bible is not easy. Can I, I shouldn't, I'm not going to say the person's name, but there's a couple people here who know what I'm talking about. Had a man that came to church here once, and and he walked out the front door, and and he turned around, and he said, how long did you work on that sermon? I said, that one? He said, yes. I said, 38 years. He said, that's not what I meant. 
How long did you work on that? See, he thinks I'm going home and reading my Bible and getting sermons. I'm not going home and reading my Bible and getting a sermon. I'm reading my Bible and putting it in my life and getting a sermon. So I said, no, you misunderstood me. That sermon I just preached, I've been working on that one for 38 years. And this was a few years ago. And he didn't understand, I'm not getting my, I'm not preaching something from school. (laughs) Does that make sense to you? Everything I know, I learned it the hard way. I did it, failed, did it, failed, did it, it succeeded a little bit, failed again, succeeded a little bit. And after a while, I went, hey, uh, this is working. Hold it. Ah, I got a victory. And I'm excited about my victory. But, you know, it, they don't just come. You want me to talk about me in the gym today? Can I tell you just how tough that was? I'm over there with the big boys, and they said, are you going to put anything on that bar? <laughs> but I'm there. Listen to this statement. Faith is the result of the word dwelling in you. I don't mean the word committed to memory. I mean the word lived and practiced until it has become a part of your life. We meditate. We think deeply. We feed on it. It becomes a part of our life. And the word of faith builds a confidence and assurance. And when it comes time to pray, we walk in the throne room with all kinds of confidence and get our presence. Now, I'm done, sort of. This, uh, I, I know this helps. I don't even know why I'm asking you that. How many of y'all got work to do when you get home? Okay. Let's change the way we read our Bible. Stop reading it to understand it. Stop reading it to get your Baptist star. I read my three chapters today. You, you read it and you don't have a clue what you read. You're just reading, poo, got that's done. And you go to your next thing. Stop doing that. Find the things that you've been flunking and go dig them up. Uh, some of y'all can start with 1 Peter 5, 7. Count it all, cast all your cares on the Lord. He cares about you affectionately and watches over you. Amen. And you, and you might want to read that about 300 times this week just to, just to get your gears going, just to, just to wake up in the morning and go, Woo! I don't have a care in the world. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm carefree. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And then you have to go, where's my Bible? Where's my Bible? Where's my Bible? <laughs> Let me read that one more time. I got to read that. Read it on the way to work. Read it on the way home. Put it on the visor. Put it on the thing at work. You, and just keep acting and keep acting and keep acting on it. When you get done with that, there's a lot of other scriptures. You learn how to pray in tongues. You don't learn the Holy Ghost from a book. We're going to start having Sunday morning services where we just start making you pray in the Spirit and worship in the Spirit. And there's going to be people, y'all, don't, don't open your eyes and turn around. This don't make no sense to me. Not supposed to make sense. Don't need to make sense. God said, sing in, the, sing in English, sing in tongues. That's it. That's all, that's all you needed to read. 
Now get persuaded to act. I don't feel it. Nobody asked you. Do it anyway. Well, aren't I a hypocrite? You sure are. You're not doing what he told you. Are y'all out there? Do you know what a hypocrite? I mean, that's not hypocritical to act to obey God. That's not a hypocrite to obey God. If a policeman tells you to stop, you're not a hypocrite. Well, I don't want to be a hypocrite, so I'm just going to run him over. If he says stop, you better stop. Whether you feel like a hypocrite or not, you better stop. Because when he tracks you down, you're going to jail if you don't stop. Well, I didn't feel it. Are y'all out there? I'm preaching pretty good. And I went three minutes over and I shouldn't have. Say, I got it. I am a doer, not just a hearer. And tonight, I learned how to renew my mind and get so full of the word, my prayers get answered. All of them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, thank you for the night. Thank you for the opportunity to share the word of God. And we're going to leave tonight. We've all got homework. And I knew they thought they were out of school and they're not. We give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message by Pastor Daryl Morgan. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.